1: Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Gastroenteritis Blues. I'm Steve Lipman. I'm with Emily Anderson and Dan Volpone. Dan is moving right now. He's on a movable <laughs> bed. Dan, how are you doing? You're getting seasick at all.
2: No, I feel great. This
1: is very relaxing to me. Can I say when I was a kid, I really wanted a water bed. Me I, too. Seriously? Yeah. I, I think something about it sounded so cool to me that you would just sleep on water in a giant plastic thing, and I think in practice is probably not a good idea. Have you ever had one?
3: No. Wait, I have another question, since you're old like me, kind of. What do you got? Did you, when you were little, did you want to be a twin?
1: No. I I have an older brother who's, like, three years older than me, so that probably, do you have siblings? No. Oh, neither.
3: But I think I wanted to be a twin because of Mary-Kate and Ashley, and I didn't know if it, like, crossed gender lines or not, or if it's only, like, Girls of my age really wanted to be twins, but kids nowadays don't think it's as cool as I do. So my Mary-Kate and
1: Ashley was the little kid in Big Daddy who was played by Cole two and twins. Dylan Sprout. Yes, yes, they turned out Sweet to be we Life famous. of Zack
3: and Cody, right. yeah.
1: So that was I'm my well-versed. equivalent. Gotcha. Yeah. This, is, this is like talking about Casablanca around Dan, but... <laughs> I've seen Big
2: Daddy, actually. Do you love it? Okay. Uh, I don't remember it. Great. (laughs) Great (laughs) Is that lemonade? Yeah.
1: I could go for a lemonade.
3: It's from this little kid in my uh, neighborhood. He makes lemonade and sells it at his house. And we had it at my bridal shower. So I had some. That's
1: great. All right. Lots of stuff happened this week. This week, when you go back and look, I figured like chronologically, we can talk through the week and all the way up until the Zaire Smith trade. Holy shit. (laughs) Uh, which just happened right before this podcast started. Um, And it's so much happened. The first thing with the Sixers, Dan's asleep. The first thing with the Sixers angle that happened this week is that James Harden basically formally announced that he wants a trade or formally requested one. And Shams had that Harden wants to go to Brooklyn or Philadelphia. Um, And then since then, there's been sort of conflicting stuff where, uh at first Tim McMahon had had a source saying like we're willing to get uncomfortable in Houston and like I think that's probably easier to say than do in terms of like having your two stars like not want to fucking be there and then come into training camp I think nobody wants that uh the Nets are the team that wants him and probably is his most preferred destination but the most they can give is like Harris Levert and, and Spencer Dinwiddie who are like good players, but certainly not stars. And, and Harden is like a top five guy and the Sixers had Ben Simmons. So this is like the whole question to this point, Simmons is not on the table uh, as far as we know. And uh, uh, it seems like Houston is sort of coming to terms with the fact that they're going to have to deal both of those guys. Tell me about your feelings around this whole James Harden thing, Emily.
3: Well, first, I'd like to thank James Harden for making me look like a real asshole. Because last week, I was like, there's no way he's actually going to leave Houston. Like, he said he wanted to be here. There's no way he's going to go back on his word. It'll make him look bad. And then he did it, like, 15 minutes later. Mm-hmm. So, thank you, James Harden. Yes. Um, I really don't think that he wants to come to the Sixers, mm. <laughs> to be honest. I don't really want him mm. either. I don't want to give up Ben for him. I should say that. I don't want to give up Ben for him.
1: I do. So that's a, that's a popular, I will say the, the fan base seems pretty split right now. A lot of people are being like, don't trade Ben. He's 24. And like for the last two years, we tried to surround him with like double agents trying to, you know, feed into his downfall. Uh, Dan, you are definitely on the other side. Tell me about why you want to, uh, to do this deal. And, and also how much in addition to Simmons, you would be willing to,
2: Yeah, I mean, I think there's a difference between what Emily's saying and the part of the fan base you're talking about, which is I think Emily doesn't want to give Ben because she likes Ben, not that it would be a dumb trade in a vacuum. Whereas everyone else is saying they don't want to make the trade because they think that Ben is somehow more valuable than James Harden, which I think is absurd. Like Ben is never going to be a top five guy. Harden's currently a top five guy. So you take, I mean, you you could have, you know. Eight more years of the Sixers, you know, making the playoffs versus five more years of them making the playoffs with this current roster. But if in those, if in three of those five years they're contending versus versus zero of those eight, give me the the three years where you have a actual good chance to win a title with Harden and and Embiid. I'm not really worried about the next three years where you're battling for the eight seed. That's what we got away from in the first place. I'm not, you know, giving up a, a chance at a title to save you know, a few extra years of, you know, getting like a six through eight seed in the playoffs when Ben and, and Simmons are are old after we waste their primes because we don't have the flexibility to put the pieces around them. So I think, you know, we've made helpful moves. They're not helpful enough. Um, There's still going to be a lot of the same problems, in my opinion. And the hardened potential trade, even if it takes Ben, and, you know, like you said, what else would I give? Maybe two firsts. I wouldn't mm-hmm. start offering two firsts, but right. I would – And I think maybe – I'm hoping that that's why they're not immediately saying, oh, we'll give Ben. Obviously, they wouldn't say that publicly, but you know what I'm saying. That's why the rumors are saying – You don't start from from that. Right. Right. If you're Daryl and you're
1: trying to trade for Harding, you don't start with your best asset.
2: Right. You start with, you know, Tobias and eight picks, and then they say, that still sucks. And then you go to, okay, well, if we gave Ben, we don't want to give much else because you don't want to end up giving Ben five picks. I do think that's too much. But Ben – Ben straight up for Harden is I think a reasonable like opening offer. And then you have, you know, maybe you get talked into, um, you know, two firsts or like um, a first and a guy who was recently drafted like a Matisse. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm totally fine with that. I think that's a, that's a fair package for Harden. I wouldn't want to go too much more, but I think that puts them in in a position where they can genuinely be considered contenders. Whereas I don't see that happening, uh, you know, with the current roster.
1: What what a lot of uh, the people against the potential mover, uh, they talk about the, the sort of trading up seven years in age, which you are doing. There's sort of no way around it. Harden is 31 and Simmons is 24. Um, in terms of room to grow, I, I guess there's a lot more with Ben. Uh, of course, Harden is worlds better than Ben right now. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, what I really understand is like the emotional aspect of not of like, these are our guys in terms of like Simmons and Embiid and like just spending a full year being like, it's, they're not the problem. Like, sure. I have some issues with Ben in terms of like refusing to shoot or get to the line, whatever, like, but defending them so much makes me want to like see that through to the end. And like to have like a a perfect thing where you loop it all the way around and Simmons is shooting, and it all worked out. I feel like you kind of can't not trade for James Harden as long as you keep Joel Embiid. I wouldn't trade Embiid for anybody in the league. I, I emotionally, I am all the way there. Don't care. I know that it's wrong, like intellectually, but there's nobody that I would trade him for. I don't care if it's. It, I mean, you I, know, think, I think the, name the
2: name the young player. Go ahead. That's the point because, like, when you when you talk about, you know, we want to see this through. These are our guys. You know that point was made when you didn't even have to give Ben and, and Sam uh, Ben and Embiid, right? So people were making that point at the at the thought of pursuing LeBron James in free agency two years ago, like mm-hmm. uh, that wouldn't be winning the right way. Um, yes, yeah, sure. which I it's is kind of nonsense. So I, I think I think that the the not not giving Ben or Embiid is maybe a bit much. Like sometimes you have to have some movement, but I I really do agree that like Embiid is our guy, um, and he is if if you give up Embiid like. I'd love to win, so I can't say, like, I wouldn't, whatever. But, like, it's winning with a completely different team. Whereas if you change every other piece and Embiid's still here, you're winning with Embiid's team. And I I believe that. Like, if you trade Embiid and keep Ben, it's not like you won with Ben's team. Ben can't be the best player. You're winning with someone else. I mean, if you got Harden, he's better than Embiid, so he's the best player. But it still feels like culturally this is Embiid's team. It's never been Ben's team.
1: Yeah, I mean – the 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 prospect of like which move gets you closer to like Joel Embiid holding a championship trophy which is like <laughs> the coolest thing in the world so like yes yeah that part of me is like you sort of have to maximize I mean nobody knows what the window is for Embiid um of course I hope he plays forever but um that's a bit of a worry but uh Emily I totally get where you're coming from I mean how do you think that if it if while we're recording this, we find out it's it's Harden for Simmons, like how would that reconcile with you?
3: I would be really sad. Yeah. I just, it's like goes back. And like, I think part of me leans into the like age debate. Like I'd rather, you know, build up the strong core for like an extended run. But I also see where D- what Dan is saying. Like he'd rather have like a contender for three years than a playoff team for eight. Like I get that. But I always think that, like, in one of those eight years, everything could bounce our way, you know? Mm-hmm. And then we're a contender. Like, yeah. I still think if that stupid shot hadn't gone in, like, we could have won the title. Stupid Raptors shot. Like, <sighs> right. it was like a Team of Destiny situation. And I think the universe owes us one.
1: You know, right now, Maury and, and I think Doc are saying all of the right things publicly. And, and, you know, Maury talked after the draft, which we'll talk about, and said, like, when Simmons and Embiid have played together with like shooters who shoot quickly and guys who guard in the perimeter, those lineups are like monsters, you know, like, and they always were. Um, and I do think that's real. Like there was a giant sample size uh, in, you know, sort of 2017 with Embiid and then 2018. And uh, when they had Redick and and all of those other guys, I definitely think that's real. I I don't know, you know, Daryl has such a, thing with Harden and the two of them were so joined at the hip for like eight years in Houston. Um, I just sort of won't believe that Maury isn't trading for Harden until Harden gets traded somewhere else. Like I, it just seems like Daryl loves him so much and has the one thing nobody else has, you know, there's nobody else that can match this sort of deal. Uh, You know, you could look around the league and talk about, you know, Jalen Brown, maybe, or uh, Jamal Murray. But, like, Harden doesn't want to go to either of those places. Like, those offers won't get to the table because, like, Harden won't, you know, won't let them. He, he, why would anybody offer a great young player like that unless they think Harden's going to be happy there? So, we'll see. I, I, don't, I think it's far from over. I mean, the Sixers have made moves now, and they certainly have made moves that would optimize Simmons and Embiid. Uh, I just would not be surprised you know, sort of if, if that happens, but it would the the emotional part would certainly be bittersweet. And uh, Dan, what do you think? What If you had to guess what happens with Harden, what would you say?
2: I mean, I would guess they, they hold on to him. Uh, I just think. For the full year? I think they hold on to him for a year I, or at least into the season, maybe at the deadline, something happens. I think this kind of thing tends to like have, I think it has a chance to maybe fizzle out and Harden just like, whatever, I'm just going to play. And then they're decent and he's, he's too busy playing basketball to keep worrying about demanding any kind of trade. Like he's not going to pull a Jimmy Butler and like throw a fit at practice. Right. Um, and I, I mean, the other, the other team that is he's supposedly interested in, I don't think even if the Nets offer Kyrie, I don't think that's, I would rather have been. Um, I don't think that that's, especially for a team that's going to have to rebuild. I don't think that's a super enticing package for a top right. five player. Right. Um, for the other teams yeah. you mentioned, I don't think Jalen Brown is, is all that great? Honestly, I don't think that yeah. like, gets it done. I mean, Murray would be a good offer, but I think Denver likes what they have going there, mm-hmm. and and they're he doesn't want to be there. So right,
1: right. I think nobody's he, offering if, those great young players unless they know he wants to go there.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I think if, if he's if he moves, I could I think I could see it being to Philly. The thing that people have been saying is like Fertitta doesn't want to trade him to Murray because he's pissed at him, but like you can't justify taking that Nets package over Ben Simmons it's just a terrible package right. with like fine players that I like but if you put them in the same sentence as James Harden I'm gonna not like them so much anymore so I, I think it's it, it I don't think this the the Sixers deal happens necessarily right now if I had to guess and I, I think because of that it just goes into the season
1: yeah I mean I I just can't imagine Harding getting traded for that, what the Nets have to offer, whether or not you include Kyrie, like regardless, like that just seems like such an ego thing. If Let's say if Simmons does get on the table and Tillman won't do that, that seems like such pettiness that is only going to do harm to your franchise because like you could turn right away and be like Ben Simmons is the guy, let's get four shooters and like be an incredibly fun team. And, you know, they would be. And uh, so we'll see, you know, we'll uh, keep an eye on it. We're reaching out to our sources and uh, we'll just see what kind of uh, whispers we get around the league. Um,
2: our sources are Scoopy.
1: Scoopy, love him, love him. He had a big draft night. Um, and next up, on to draft night. Uh, but before the draft, this was, at, you know, in the evening, maybe around five o'clock. Uh, I think Woj had it that Al Horford got traded, friends. Al Horford got traded with a 2025 first first uh, and, and the 36th pick in the draft uh, in the second round for Danny Green and uh, Terrence Ferguson, who I don't think is going to stick around or play at all. Um, what was your immediate reaction? Where were you? Will you always remember where you were when you found out that Al Horford got traded, Emily?
3: I know exactly where I was. I had just pulled into my parking spot on my street, Mm-hmm. and I was coming over from work so it was probably around 5 15 like you said that's what time I normally get home and yeah I saw it come up and I had just said to my friend that day at work that I Al needed to be traded that night that I would trade him for a hot dog and I was happy because I think Danny Green is worth more than a hot dog so I'm very happy with the trade yeah Dan what about you
2: yeah, my first reaction was to be a little bit annoyed, honestly, which I think was probably misguided. Um, they, the the fact that OKC was willing to take on that Horford contract, which rumors had said they weren't,
4: mm-hmm. just
2: tells me that the Sixers should have done whatever it took to get Chris Paul. Like I've been saying oh, forever. Sure. Um, if they're mm-hmm. if they have something in the works for Harden, it's understandable to not get Paul since they hate each other. And plus, um, you know, Paul had said he wanted to be in Phoenix. So if there's any truth to that. And, you know, OKC wanted to do right by him after, you know, turning himself into a positive asset for them and and dragging them to the playoffs. And and it seems like it just wasn't really on the table. So, you know, after after, you know, for the first time in a long time, stop, stop. I stopped thinking about Chris Paul. (sighs) I I finally, you know, I came around to it. I think it's it's fine. Um, You lose your ability to, you know salary match a big name but like Horford wasn't going to get that done anyway so that was like a Paul only pipe dream so once that's once that's out of the picture yeah Danny Green's a fine player um it's a 2025 first and like Steve pointed out like well climate change will have killed us by then anyway and you know this should be good for for Embiid you know he should feel like they're finally prioritizing him after an offseason of not doing so so I think overall there's a lot of reasons to be happy about this
1: Yeah, we've been talking for a while. Like, I just didn't think there was any way you can go back into the season with Al Horford on the team. Like, I just thought that Embiid would be, like, no fucking chance. Like, I just, you know, devoting that much of your salary cap to a guy that plays the same position poorly, you know, and can't play with your two best players is, like, sort of a nightmare. Um, Danny Green's a good shooter and a good defender, and he's going to play for them. I I would imagine he's going to start for them. Um, he had a bad finals and I know Lakers fans got very annoyed with him. Um, I love guys who have bad finals. I think it's really charming. Um, but uh, I don't know. I just you know, <laughs> new quirk about me. I don't know. Um, but, uh, Danny Green, he'll be fine. Only attaching one first rounder to him, I think is a good thing, especially considering the size of his contract and the level of play that he just had. Um, and, uh, 2025, I, uh, yes, unless we're all dead, I do think that Daryl can just sort of pick up a different 2025 first somewhere if he wants to pick that year. Like, I just feel like they can work that out, and I'm not super worried that, like, oh, my God, the Sixers might be bad then. It's like we love it when the Sixers are bad. That's, you know, come on. Uh, so that was it. Then the draft started. The three of us were part of the Liberty Ballers uh, livestream thing that was, uh, we watched the draft live and I drank wine and then I had a headache. And uh, the draft <laughs> board really, really shook out well for the Sixers. A lot of centers got drafted uh, sort of in the uh, late teens that allowed Tyrese Maxey to land at 21, where the Sixers took him. He's a guard, 6'3 from Kentucky. He just played his freshman season there. Very good looking. Um, he's got a nice build on him, cool hair. Um, and also like so many draft people that it seems that we like and respect had him in like their top 10 and are just sort of very excited that the Sixers were able to get somebody like Maxi. Uh, what's your, what was your immediate reaction, Dan?
2: Yeah, I'm actually kind of an expert on Tyrese Maxi because I watched 20 minutes of highlights this morning and uh, he looks great in his highlights. I have to say. <laughs> Um, He did not miss a shot. (laughs) I was was very excited at the time because, you know, we had been talking to people who know what they're talking about and they loved him. Um, And, you know, the more, as I, as I watch him, as I watch him play, um, I still don't know a lot about what he doesn't do well because uh, I watched highlights, but the things he does well seem to uh, be things that we could really use. He scores from three levels. So um, I know he didn't shoot a great percentage in college, but no one seems to be too worried about that. Um, His form looks fairly nice. Um, uh, from three and he is really nice around the rim and he has great touch from mid-range. So whether it's a a mid-range pull-up or he shoots a ton of floaters, that's clearly what he's most comfortable with. You know, he's not super tall so that maybe is not a great fit right away, but you know, he's, he's clearly has great touch. He'll, he'll figure out a way around, you know, around that as, Mm -hmm. as you know, everyone has to do when they, when they get to the pros and things are a little bit different, but I think as a scorer, he's, gonna provide a lot of what we need and he's not a minus on defense by any means he's you know very aggressive getting over screens and he makes some some nice plays on some lazy passes uh so I think he's he's just like a fun player like he was I guess highlights are usually fun but you know like Al Horford highlights wouldn't be fun so no Tyrese Maxey had fun highlights if if that makes sense so I'm excited about it I think it's awesome me too Emily what do you think
3: yeah, same. When we drafted him, I was happy because I don't really know anything about college basketball, but he was a name that I had recognized. So I was like, "This has to be good." <laughs> and then since then, I have discovered that he likes dogs. Mm. So that is very important to me. So I'm all in.
1: This?
3: Um, on his Instagram story, he was awesome. with the dog, and he looked sad because I think he was saying goodbye to the dog. So Aww. that. Can means- you talk
2: about his crying? Yes. I thought that was adorable. Oh, oh it yes. was
3: adorable.
2: He got very emotional.
3: I love a good emotional uh, draft night situation.
1: Yeah. And he yes. said, you
3: won't regret it. He won't regret mm. p- We won't regret picking him. And I don't think we will. So
1: yeah.
3: let's hope um, not.
1: It was fun during the, uh, <laughs> during the live stream because Daniel Olinger of the Talking About podcast with, had so much real like, thoughts <laughs> and, and comparisons <laughs> and real grades. And we were in there having a good time dan was holding I up i just a wanted to and- talk
3: about suits
1: yes we were talking about turtlenecks um i said that i really i was like i really like tyrese Maxey's outfit and that seems like the only thing everybody is shitting on him for that i didn't like hated, it people hated his gr- his gray suit and i was like great well forget it um
3: I liked the one guy, this is not related to the Sixers, but I didn't get to say it on the live stream. He was wearing a turtleneck, but it went like right into his beard and they were both blacks, like the turtleneck and his hair. So it looked like it like covered the turtleneck, went oh. up to like his mouth. Wow. And that was a really interesting turn, but they were like deep into like real numbers and like stats. And I was like, this is not the time for a turtleneck talk. <laughs> 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 uh,
1: well, I really want to figure out who that was, who had the I'll find the, the, the picture. Yeah,
3: find the picture. It's important.
1: Um, So after Maxie got drafted by the Sixers, which I think everybody's pretty excited about, it's getting to be the end of the first round, and a trade comes out that the Sixers have traded Josh Richardson and the 34th pick that's in the second round for Seth Curry of the Dallas Mavericks. Seth Curry, of course, is Doc Rivers' son-in-law, which is a bit strange. Um, He's a great shooter. He's like a legit elite catch-and-shoot guy, and he can also dribble into shots, and um, I've heard that he's not like a zero on defense like people might accept, expect him to be, uh, and just like putting an elite shooter with Simmons and Embiid makes a ton of sense, uh, especially all the dribble handoff stuff that Embiid loved to do with Redick, and uh, I think that's great. I mean, Josh is somebody that I liked personally, but I just didn't really see much of a place for him on the team going forward. Um, and this seems like fine value to get Seth Curry, who, by the way, has three more years on his contract at only like $8 million. It's a great contract for a guy who's going to play like 30 minutes a night for them. Uh, Emily, what did you think of that trait?
3: Yeah, I, I've i said it on here that I do like Josh, and I, but I'm like more happy for him to get into a situation where I think that his skill set will really like shine. Like I think that he'll be really fun Um, down there, they're they're gonna love him in Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, just happy for him for that. And I am I'm excited to get Seth Curry to get a good shooter. I also like, really love the whole Curry family. Like, I really hope Dell is at some games and stuff. That would be fun. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I got that notification as I was trying to go to sleep. And then I was like, Oh, this is happening. I have to stay up.
1: Oh, that was after you had left. Okay. So that Uh was when Emily left early because she doesn't like us. And that was it. Dan, Mm -hmm. what did you think of the trade?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think Josh Richardson is a cool guy. You know, I can't stand watching him play basketball, so I'm <laughs> glad he's gone. I know he's considered kind of the better all-around player um, than than Seth Curry by a lot of people, but Curry's obviously a better fit. And, you know, to give up the, the second-round pick and it kind of hurts a little bit, but it is what it is. I mean, it, it's a second-round pick. It's not a big deal. I'd rather make the move to get the fit. It'll be nice to watch someone who's able to, like, kind of dribble and make shots again and like really make shots. So um, I think, you know, the, the two moves to get shooting, like in the two trays they made were a good use of, of the picks in the early thirties. Yeah. You know, and now you have guys who, you know, can shoot at at the pro level. So I can't really complain about it too much.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that the reason that you end up seeing it's like Richardson and a pick rather than Seth and a pick is their contracts. Like Richardson is on essentially an expiring where he can opt out of his player option next season and and sign a long-term deal anywhere uh, and Seth is is under team control for three more years. So I think that yeah, makes that's sense. that's really why you see even though one might be the better player, even though I'm, I'm sort of actually skeptical of that, um I think that that's why you see that. Uh, on to the Sixers' two second round picks uh, that they made. Uh, they took Isaiah Joe at 49 and they took Paul Reed at 58. We can talk about both of these guys together. Isaiah Joe from Arkansas um he's 6'5 he's a really good shooter he shot like 10 threes a game uh last season for Arkansas and just seems like a sort of no conscious conscience shooter um he was the guy that people say the Sixers promised uh because uh which is funny that they did that he on August 1st he withdrew from the draft or said that he was going to withdraw from the draft and then two weeks later he was like I am back in the draft uh and people were all like okay definitely when he said he was withdrawing. Oh, Scotty O'Neill reached out and was like, how would you like to be on a pamphlet in Philadelphia? And so, yeah, uh, I'm happy. I was, I, I was worried that they promised him 21 and we're going to draft him then, which would have been a real misuse of resources, but I'm happy he was still there in the late forties and he'll be a guy. Uh, I, my guess is that he and Furkan will sort of go back and forth on who's going to play that catch and shoot role. But uh, you know, they have Furkan this year on another very cheap deal. So Paul Reed is like a defensive toolsy guy that John Hollinger of the Athletic loves. Uh, I think that he's going to be on a two-way and probably will just be like a fun celebration guy for the year, which I love. Um, Dan, what did you think of those two?
2: Yeah, I like the I like the Joe pick. Um, I like the idea that um, we were terrified they were going to take him earlier, and then they got him like way later. Like we were thinking, like hopefully they don't take him at twenty-one. Hopefully they take him in the early thirties. Right. And they ended up getting him at forty-nine. Um you know, I, I also like that, um, like you mentioned, like he's just a no conscience shooter, so people can stop using that as an excuse for why we need Mike Scott on the team when we clearly don't. Um, I can't, another guy I can't stand watching on the Sixers. Um, another cool guy who I don't want to watch play basketball ever again. Um, and, you know, I, I think that uh, he seems like a fun player. Um, I know a lot of people like him as a, as a player um just as like as someone who they like enjoy to watch um because they'll just like shoot from anywhere whenever which you know fine put him in the game and and see what he can do when you need a spark I don't care that sounds good at 49 it's you know worth it and then I know a lot of people wanted uh Killian Tilly at the pick they took Paul Reed at um oh. he ended up going undrafted and then it would have been nice to grab as, grab him as an undrafted free agent he seemed like a guy who um could maybe fit a little bit of what the Sixers could use off the bench um, as like a, as a stretch for a little bit. Uh, but Reed, you know, he seems like, you know, you know what he's good at. So he's not going to be any kind of surprise and maybe he'll be like an, in a, in a, an analytics darling. Um, he seems sort like, of like
1: Jeremy. If you watch his highlights, he's very like long arm. I think like he's athletic. like a Jordan
2: bell type. Ooh, interesting. Yeah um that's like what I, that's the vibe I'm getting from like a guy who is just like you know put up all the defensive stats in college and then they're like you know let's see what he can do right. um but yeah if he, he's definitely just going to be a guy who's like occasionally on the end of the bench who's mm-hmm. not going to play a ton and hopefully he's good at that I need to see how he goes about um you know once they're allowing fans back in I want to know you know, his proficiency at the uh, Chick-fil-A thing or the, the Frosty or The Wendy's out. thing. The, the frosty, frosty Freeze, freeze
3: out. out. Come on, Dan.
2: Em- Emily, I don't go to the games. Like, I'm not like you. Like, I, I wish I was.
1: <laughs> um, Emily, what did you think of those two guys?
3: Um, yeah, I was happy. Like I said, we were all, like you guys said, I was glad that they were able to get Isaiah Joe later and they didn't have to, like, burn a good pick on him. Also has two first names, so that's something to keep an eye on.
1: Definitely. And Joe not, and Joelle is something.
3: Yeah, I'm not – oh, that's interesting. So Thank you. So I don't know if you can necessarily be trusted. I tend to be wary of people with two first names, but that's that. Um, the other – Paul Reed, Reed kind has
2: two first names.
3: Also kind of two first names. He also has a great Instagram handle, which I think is really funny um, because it rhymes so I like him a lot.
1: Wait, what is his Instagram handle?
3: It's like bball Paul. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Which I just think is fun. That's fun. And um, since we're getting rid of, I'm happy to have him like on the bench since we're getting rid of two of our big like bench hype people. um, We need need some people to fill in the role. So I'm happy to have them.
1: After the draft, over the next day or so, they waived Norvell Pell and uh, Mariel Shayok. Norvell, famous for taking a picture with Emily once. Uh, Emily, <laughs> what do you think about this? What was Norvell like when you took a picture of him? And what are your feelings on these two waves?
3: Um, I'm really sad about Norvell and Shayok, for that matter. Um, I just like to, like, watch guys that we had in, like, the what are they called the blue coats the 87ers Mm. and then see them come up Norvell's like 28 like he's so old it's It's fine that we waved him he's real old (laughs) but like he just looks like so much fun and he's like so lanky he always reminds me of those uh like things at the car dealership that like blow in the wind like that's Mm -hmm. how I think of his like that's how he's built Mm -hmm. and I'm I'm just gonna miss him hopefully they have success at whatever is next in their life.
1: Yeah, uh, Norvell seems pretty beloved by everybody, uh, but uh, we'll get to his replacement soon. But, uh, Dan, what did you think about Shayok and Norvell uh, leaving the Sixers?
2: Yeah, I mean, I feel bad for them for, like, the reasons Emily said. Like, you know, they've been around for a while. Like, they both suck. So, if they were on the team next year, it would be a disaster. Like you need real players on the team i'm sorry, like I'm glad they're gone. I feel bad for them, but they seem like fine as people. Norvell was always fun in a few minutes, but, like when they ever actually had to lead on him, it was a disaster and it's It's good they're gone. Shayuk was very slow. Shayuk was
1: particularly mm-hmm. particularly
2: slow, and i he also mean... just
1: didn't shoot well in any real game <laughs> no but but uh, someday okay um the next thing there's a person that um I have to go to one of my bookmarks because I, I have Bodner's tweet. Uh, the Sixers will sign guard Dakota Mathias on a two-way contract. Emily, I know you know a lot about him. Uh, Mathias is 25. He played for the Texas Legends last year, of course. The Mavs G League affiliate where he averaged 18 points, three assists a game. He shot 39.5% on nine three-point attempts per game. So he sounds, I mean, you can literally just take 18 points from there, put them on the Sixers. It's great. Um, do you guys know who Dakota Mathias is and, uh, what do you think about him? Nope. 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 Great. Moving on. Um, welcome to the Sixers, Dakota Mathias. Uh, so as, as free agency, as we should get him, we could definitely get him. I actually don't want him. Um, (laughs) did not even
2: get broke off. <laughs>
1: Brokoff <up> won't <laughs> talk to me. He does Is that one. He's still
2: on the Sixers. No, he's not He also hasn't answered our DMs.
1: We have to talk about this when we get to like the most likely game. But there's a lot changing in the most likely game. Um, for me personally, as as things were leading up to free agency, there was lots of whispers about the Sixers signing uh, Nerlens Noel, who I just love. I loved him so much when he was a Sixer. And then pre-agency starts and it's like eight o'clock and the Sixers signed Dwight Howard. And that's wild. Um, Dwight obviously is incredibly well known. He used to be an MVP candidate. He's going to be a hall of famer. Um, he, basically every team he was on hated him until he was uh, with the Lakers last year where he was just on his best behavior and played really, really well uh, as, a backup, uh, as a backup center. Um, and yeah, he, it's a veteran minimum. And, uh, what do you guys think of Dwight Howard? What was your initial reaction Dan?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I, I never talked myself into New Orleans being a real possibility. So I was happy about it. Um, of course I would, I would love to see New Orleans back, but, um, the Dwight Howard signing is great value. I mean, to get him on the minimum is, is, I mean, like you said, he was a, a really effective role player last year. So to get him on the minimum is a great deal. And I love that, um, it came out later that Embiid helped recruit him. So, you know, we're like keeping Embiid in the loop on our decisions this year as opposed to being like, what would he want to do? Let's do the opposite. Uh, so, it's, that's a really nice turn besides what you're getting on the court. Yeah.
1: Um, Emily, you have some breaking news, and then I'd love to,
2: <laughs> and then I'd
1: love to hear your uh, thoughts on Dwight Howard. <laughs> <laughs>
3: so. I was hearing some recount, I know earlier I was talking about NBA draft suits and about this man that his turtleneck crept into his beard, and embarrassingly enough, that man is in fact one too first named Isaiah Joe, so if you look at his Instagram, there's a beautiful picture of him and his family, and it looks like he has a really high turtleneck on, but in fact, that's a turtleneck and then his beard. But it's embarrassing that it was you know, one of our were, own.
1: People were listening to this podcast when you're talking about the neck turtleneck thing, going, it was like, Joe.
2: I
3: know. I know. And
2: we're not
1: editing that out. We leave it. No chance. I don't know how to. No, edit, of
3: course. It's no, been, yeah.
2: We don't know. I don't
3: that. expect anything less. But so I'll take that one. Yeah. Slap on the wrist from me. Yeah. But really. Really, right? Did you look at the picture? It looks like a It picture. does look like
2: an optical illusion. Yes.
3: Yeah. I'm excited so anyway. to
2: re-rank our handsome Sixers because I think Isaiah Next Joe week. is beautiful. So yeah. he is very handsome. He's yeah. a very He's kind handsome. Of a
3: man. Tobias to me, though, to be honest with you. You know, I and Stop call, Emily. call me cra- He's handsome too.
1: <laughs> he is handsome. Call me <laughs> you know, crazy here, like but when on a, in our first episode ever, we ranked our top five most handsome Sixers am I nuts or do we need to rank every single sixer from least to most handsome? (laughs) Probably. I'm trying to get rid of all of our listeners. That's the main thing. It's like, I don't want (laughs) any.
3: Three individual lists or should we like aggregate all of our scores and then come up with like one master list. I'm willing to do the math on it. Oh, if... if you know how to
1: do that, then I'm down
3: yeah you guys just have to rank them and send them to me all
2: right there's like then, five people out there who just love this content and then everyone <laughs> else is like can you please talk about the team
3: i know yeah you I mean, can tell
1: you can really tell um you know what there's a lot of other podcasts on the same feed that you can hear about the team this is not the yeah. um emily what did you think of dwight howard <laughs>
3: right Dwight Howard I think it's absolutely hysterical (laughs) my first reaction was to laugh out loud I just think it's the silliest thing I've ever heard but I'm also so excited for it I just don't know what to expect um he like played well in LA and like seemed to grow up a little bit but like who knows why does he respect Doc Rivers we don't know like it'll just be a fun experiment and I'm ready for it
1: yeah I mean he's he's clearly can be a really good defender and a really good rebounder uh, if he commits. And uh, I just hope that he's not an issue. And I would, I would trust that they would just cut him if he was an issue. Um, uh, you know, he was on his best behavior in LA and LA's LeBron's team. So that probably has a lot to do with it. Um, but yeah, I, the coolest part about it to me is that Embiid wanted him and reached out to him and, and got him. So uh, that's cool. Uh, now, right before we started recording this podcast, Zaire Smith got traded for Tony Bradley, who's a person who plays in the NBA. So, um, he's the center and, uh, Zaire got traded there. Uh, some friends of ours seem upset on social media that, that they traded Zaire for, uh, Tony Bradley, whom they perceive to have less value than Zaire. I can't imagine you know, Zaire's draft stock was high. He was drafted 16th, but then he basically didn't play for two years, and uh, it seemed pretty clear that his path to minutes got really tough when the Sixers got Danny Green and Seth Curry. Um, I sort of would rather just – if if neither of these people are going to play, I'd rather keep Zaire around. But I know the Sixers want to have three centers for days that Embiid sits. I sort of don't care. Emily, what do you think?
3: Um, I'm going to miss using Zaire in the most likely game since he's now off the table, so I'm really hoping that Tony Bradley has some type of food allergy that we can exploit. <laughs> um, not life-threatening, of course. I don't wish anything serious on Certainly. anybody. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we're a team that loves to have a bazillion centers and a bunch of people that play the same position, so why not? Like, let's do it. Yeah. I was never a big Zaire, like, obsessed person. Got it. Anyways.
2: Got it. Yeah, I'm fine with it. I was never, like, in love with Zaire either. And I think uh, I saw Sixers Adam pointing out um, what you call him, by the way. He's a he's a nice boy or something.
1: Oh, he's a sweet boy.
2: Sweet boy. he's Sixers yeah. Adam. sweet, sweet boy. boy. Yeah. He had pointed out that uh, Bradley can be traded for a higher salary than Zaire can. Right. So, if they have someone in mind that they're going after, uh, Bradley might be more of, like, a middleman. So, I think, you know – we should keep our eye on that because that seems possible. I don't think he's particularly good, so I'm not sure why they want to like have him around the yeah. it's to try to trade him
1: right. The, you know he what they can't do is aggregate his salary with Mike Scott. um so that's something that they can't do. The other thing they can make it a three team deal later, correct. They can make it a three team deal later. Um, the other thing, you know the whole, the horford trade is not official yet. like there' are still i feel like trades that need to happen for uh, OKC that they're still in the middle of. Uh, OKC just got George Hill, too, officially, and I would love him on the Sixers. I think he would help a lot. Um, So that's something to keep an eye out for. Um, Moving on, Tobias Harris got engaged. Uh, It looked like a very sweet, wonderful setup, Um, and he seems extremely happy, and and so does his new fiancé. It seems super cool, and I'm happy for them both. Anybody unhappy for them? Dan Dan is nodding.
2: No, no I'm no, <laughs> no I kidding. shook my head. I'm I'm happy for Tobias. He's he's a nice guy. He's I don't like him that fast.
3: Yeah.
2: Emily, he's, he's he's a good guy.
3: It was like
2: you say like
3: nice proposal. This this proposal has millions of rose petals involved with it. Yeah. It's really something. They look really happy. They look to be on like a cliff of some sort. There's a lot of candles. They like to have had a private dinner afterward. There's obviously a professional photographer.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, She's very beautiful. He's very handsome. I'm Was happy this similar to
1: your proposal, Emily? That's my question.
3: Um, In the way that we were both extremely happy after the proposal, yes. <laughs> in the number of rose petals, no. Got it. We also had dinner, like Tobias and his fiance.
1: Was it a public proposal?
3: A little. We got uh, engaged at the singing fountain in Pacioc. So oh, like, oh yeah. cool. Yeah, so it was a little public, and yeah.
1: That's awesome. We yeah.
3: were just as happy as Tobias and his fiancée. In so that way, it was the same.
1: Great. Well, congratulations to both couples uh, here from the guest <laughs> room. <Sorry. laughs> um, all right. Now to the real big news of the week. We have to play the most likely game, and we've got Mm. a lot of moving parts, guys. All right, out. I'm sorry. Ryan Brokoff is out. We gave him six months to respond to our DM. He has not.
2: Uh, sorry. Wait,
3: but is he really on the team still no, or no? No, not taking
2: up a run. Yeah, he hasn't been for months. Yeah, um, that would have been my first question for him if he came on. Yeah,
1: right. Are you on the Sixers right now? Um, Zaire Smith out. One of our favorite, favorite, favorite things because we, you know, make anything related to his injuries or his allergies um, out is Al Horford, who we do used to give all the bad shit to. He's gone. Uh, Muriel shayak He got a few along the way. Norvell Pell, I feel like I said that he was into freaky stuff, which I still stand by. Um, who Josh Richardson out. Richardson out. Now, coming in, we have some exciting possibilities. Tyrese Maxey, Isaiah Joe. Paul Reed just might be the broke-off of it all. Um, and for now, you can use Tony Bradley. You know, I know how excited are you. Uh, Dwight Howard is definitely going to sort of rule these games, I feel like, but uh, let's not wait any longer. It's time for the most likely game. I wrote this question before Zaire gotten traded, and I thought all that matters is who's going to go first because they'll choose Zaire, and I'll say it's their point. Which Sixer, like Andrew Bynum, is most likely to injure themselves bowling? The first question, heads or tails, Dan? Heads. Tails. Emily, go ahead.
3: Okay. Oh, also, Howell Neto no longer a Sixer off the board. I forgot. we yes. forgot Yes. Howell, Howell Neto
1: signed with Washington.
3: Yeah,
1: oh, and Alec also, Burks. Alec Burks, wow. Oh, my God, there's no one left. Alec Burks signed with uh, the Knicks, yeah. Also, GR3 is a free agent. Might, might stick around. He hates it here. <laughs> yeah, unless he – until
3: he gets a new team, we claim him. Right. I'm yelling, sorry. Um, okay, who is going to get her bowling? That is the question. See, yeah, now I'm looking at an old roster and that's making at Harvard. I need to, like, use my brain. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh wait, ESPN has a new roster. This is beautiful. Okay, <laughs> give me. Just want to say Ryan Brokoff on the ESPN roster. Oh my god. And Terrence Ferguson. So he's on. I think right. he's still on the table.
1: All right, I'll give you. I'll give you one more episode of Brokoff.
3: Yes. All right. I'm gonna go with. Danny Green, because I feel like Dwight Howard is the easy answer, and I want to save him for later. So I'm going to go Danny Green because he's the new old, Mm -hmm. and he is more likely to have brittle bones that he would then injure at a bowling
2: alley. Dan, how do you respond? I'll give you a guy with brittle bones. His name is Joel Embiid. Uh, <laughs> two-time broken foot I mean that's if you, you could drop the bowling ball on your foot mm-hmm. Ooh, or you this could is a dark timeline Dan or you could plant your foot in a way where everything just snaps and Ugh. Jo- Ugh. Joel and B listen I don't want to go to this place him, tonight but but you know remember when when they like he had like his torn meniscus and he was like jumping around on the stage dancing and like the Colangelo mm-hmm. Burner was furious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this could be the new version of that. Like he hurts himself in a stupid way. Oh, that would be awful. Like, And it's just like the center who was like the, the man of our hopes and dreams yeah. is just like ruined because he has a bowling injury. I think it's a perfect parallel.
1: Yeah, I hated that answer. Um, I, I do have to give it to you though because of the likelihood. If the question is most likely, sadly, that is most likely. Uh, one nothing, Dan. Okay,
3: with losing that point because that was just a really dark answer, and I'm not willing to go to that place tonight, Dan. (laughs) Emily,
1: let's not get into back and forths here. Let's all (laughs) say, come on, let's stay sportsmanship. Which Sixer, uh, this question goes to Dan first. Which Sixer is most likely to run
2: for mayor of Philadelphia? All right, mayor of Philadelphia has to be someone we like. Um, I think anyone would be better than the person who's currently mayor. So we have to get that out. I
1: did not say win the race for mayor of Philadelphia. It is just run for mayor of Philadelphia.
2: Okay. So we're talking about like a publicity stunt from someone who also wants to live here. So like, I don't think it'd be anyone making a lot of money, right? Like someone who has to get the publicity is maybe not making as much money, but they love Philly and they want to stay here. So I'm going to say, mike scott you know like he's not crazy rich he's not like Joel, so it's not like Joel has like he could do it but he has so much money it doesn't even right. matter like mike, mike scott might want some like promotions or stuff he runs on like a bunch of like non even political popular issues like hey like let's make like uh good food around the city i don't know and then you know let's or something like let's give one. out let's give out free beers or something like mm-hmm. no one's gonna argue with that you know he's not even being serious he's not gonna win But he he is not from here, but he's going to live here now. Even if he, like, retires after playing for another team, he's going to come back because of, like, how much the fans love him. And, you know, he wants to, like, stay on people's radar, so he keeps getting, like, you know, TV deals and stuff. So now it's Mike Scott. Emily, what do you say?
3: I'm just laughing at – Dan like he's just getting increasingly more chill as he like puts that bed back and he's like talking with his head like back and his eyes closed like it's like therapy yeah going on and on right, about him, Let's like, take this God.
2: Seriously. <laughs> it's fine is it it's goes. fine there, here this go. was a
3: good answer I thought about that but thank you Emma um I'm gonna go with Matisse
2: Because Mm,
3: he recently, if you've been watching his social media situation and his YouTube videos, he's really taken it upon himself. He wants to get more serious. He wants to, like, do something with the the, platform. Um, He was really instrumental in getting, well, not instrumental, but he really wanted, you know, push people to get out and vote. He was visiting polling places in the city, the place where I voted, actually, but we weren't there at the same time which would have been really cool. Um, And I think that he likes it here. He seems to like Philadelphia. And I think he would like to, you know, do his civic duty here. So say Matisse.
1: I will say, I really thought that Scott was going to be the answer because he's such a man of the people. But when you talk about Matisse's sort of social initiatives lately, I'm going to give it to, I'm going to give it to Matisse. So Emily gets that question. It's one to one. Moving on, Emily gets this one first. Which This is two. This is a two for one. Which two Sixers are most likely to fall in love with each other?
3: With each other. Ooh, okay.
2: Isn't like a romantic way? Yes, yes, absolutely.
3: Okay. Yes. Okay. Let's see. Hmm. Can't be Seth Curry. He's married to Doc's daughter. That would get iffy.
1: What if he fell in love with Doc? Now we're talking. He didn't stop Whoa. Paul <laughs> What did you
2: say? Said it didn't stop Paul George. What did he do? Yeah, well, they weren't married, but he cheated on Doc's other daughter. I think.
3: What? I thought it was the same daughter that's married. It I think same... it's like pre I thought it was pre-marriage. I oh, closed it out.
2: Okay, maybe it's the same daughter then. Okay, I don't know anything about that. It's a lot to keep track of.
3: It is a lot. Okay, they're gonna fall in love. I would have said Matisse and Tobias. But that's super obvious. So I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Shake Milton and Ben Simmons. Hmm. I don't really have a reason why. Besides, I'm just looking at their pictures and they're both handsome. They're clo- they're the same age. And I think that they would get along. So I'm gonna go with those two. I don't really have a better answer than that.
2: <laughs> Dan? I think it's Matisse and Furcon. Um, hmm. Ooh. Because Furcon, you know, I think he wants to be like Matisse. Like he's like he's he really likes him and wants to get his attention, you know? Like he's like, I'm gonna make videos. videos too. Yeah, he tried doing those videos. Yeah, mm-hmm. videos. So I think I think that they they'd be cute together. Like they're both they seem like, you know, really like like generally like good guys, like people you'd want to hang out with. So like I feel like, you know, they could they they like sure, who wouldn't love either of them, you know? Why wouldn't they love each other if I love both of them?
1: I uh that one goes to Dan. That one goes to Dan. It's a good answer.
3: I have to say, Dan just used my reasoning why Matisse and Furkan hate each other as a reason why they love each other, <laughs> and right. it won both questions. I'm pretty sure. So
2: hate and love that's is just a fine I, line, Emily. I think it that's is a, a fine
3: line. That
1: question, I think I said like Neto and Shayok fucking hate each other for no reason, <laughs> and like just one of them finds the other rude. I don't something like that. It's fun. <laughs> That was a good one. No,
3: they're Um, not
1: here. Neither of them are here. See, kiss of death. Two-one, Dan. Uh, Dan gets to go first on this question. Which Sixer is most likely to take a gap year from the Sixers to find himself? Zaire, Mm. of course, is no longer eligible to be at the answer to this question.
2: Take a gap year from the Sixers to find himself. All right. Uh, People won't like this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Ben Simmons. All right. He's. For a while, struggled with his fit here. Who knows if that'll be first because Tobias kind of, you know, has a similar – not he doesn't play a similar style, but, like, they need similar lineups around them, I feel like, with Joel. And um, so that kind of – you know, when they put him together, kind of takes away from Ben a little bit. Um, You know, Ben struggled when Jimmy was here, when he wasn't the primary guy on the ball, um, especially through the playoffs. So I think even though he didn't do it then, like, if he has another issue – you might say, "Hey, give me a year." I think he's like a he's like a chill guy, but he's kind of like a thoughtful guy. So, like, he might just like meditate a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, I think it would also make for like good television. Like, if maybe he's like, "Well, maybe I'll see if I want to like get more involved in like." Uh, I know he's not with Kendall Jenner anymore, but like, he could give that another shot and like actually be on the TV, like Jay Cutler did before he divorced divorced Kristen Cavalero. So I, I think wow. I could see Ben in that role. I think, you know, that's what he's going to do. He's going to take a year off. And he's going to say, hey, if the Sixers, you know, if the Sixers are going to make Joel the guy they care about now, then I'm going to go be on television and think a lot. Emily, how do you respond?
3: All right. that's a good answer. Um, I'm going to go... With Ryan Brokhoff, just because we don't even know if he's on the Sixers right now. So taking a gap here from them would be of little consequence to my life and to his life.
2: That implies that it's likely he comes back after this.
1: That That's the winning answer. Uh, it's, uh, it's two to two. I need to tie it up. We go into the fifth game. Emily played the Brokhoff card. It's just you, sometimes you have to do it. Um. Okay, which sixer, this goes to Emily first, which sixer is most likely to wish Al Horford was still on the team?
0: Ooh. Gross. Wow.
3: I'm going to say... mm, This is the wrong answer, but I'm going to say the few times a year that Joel Embiid has to play him it's going to be Joel Embiid
1: Oh, because
3: when Joel played Al when he was on the Celtics it never went well so I think those times of the year the only time anyone is going to wish Al Horford was still on the team will be Joel when he has to go against him those few times a season
2: it's an interesting angle Dan Uh, first of all I'm offended by that answer
1: So your your first uh, answer was NB dropping a bowling ball on his leg and never playing again. So yeah. take it easy.
2: Yeah, that that's a good point. Anyway, <laughs> um so I think that the right answer since you said he still counts is Glenn Robinson the 3rd. I think um they talked a lot about how much they hated it here and now that Al's gone, GR3 will have no one to talk about. Uh no one to talk with about how much he hates it here and he'll just be like stuck here as the only one who hates it here. And he'll be like, I really wish I could talk to someone about this, but no one else hates it here. Al doesn't even have to hire that he reached for the Celtics anymore because no one cares if the Thunder win. So Al is just like, I'm happy to be out of Philly. Al's whole family says he's happy to be out of Philly. And <clears throat> GR3 still has to put a face on. So I think it's just a, it's a bad deal for, for Glenn Robinson because he's losing his uh, buddy that he complained with.
1: So in this situation, GR3 re-signs in Philadelphia.
2: Even though he, son, it. he hates it here, but maybe they made him the best offer, but he really doesn't want to be here.
1: Well, I say Max him. <laughs> they Max him with bird rights, and he's like, oh, I fucking can't stand it. Um, which one wins that one? I will say Emily wins that one. Oh, oh. And beat angle was an interesting angle. Um, all right. That's a bummer. Uh, Dan gets the first one. It's three to two, Emily. Emily can close him out here. Which Sixer is most likely to know who Dakota Mathias is?
0: Huh,
2: okay. Well, let's look at where they went to college. Mm.
3: Um, Me and Dan both just Googled that person. (laughs) I just want to point it out.
2: Yes, absolutely. But Dakota Mathias went to Purdue. So that's Mm -hmm. in the Big Ten. Uh, Glenn Robinson third is, was in the Big Ten but I just used him but he's the only one in the Big Ten so uh, I'm going to say Glenn Robinson the third again <sighs> maybe I'll win with him this time no one else would have ever known who he is no one else would care uh, oh I can't change it I'm changing my mind hang on no, a no, no I'm not changing my mind I'm sticking with it uh, Glenn Robinson the third pays Whoa. attention to Purdue basketball because they play Michigan sometimes and uh, because wait are they they're in the Big Ten yeah they're both Big Ten schools and because of that, Glenn Robinson knows who he is, even though he doesn't matter to Glenn Robinson at all. All
1: right. Dan tried to change his answer and then recanted that. Um, we'll see how that plays out in the courts. Emily, what is your answer?
3: Um, I am going to say... Oh, this is hard. I don't know. None of them probably. I'm going to say I would like to use one of the new guys, so I'm going to say Paul Reed. <laughs> <laughs> because when he went to school in, what, DePaul, in, in Indiana, which is near Ohio.
2: Purdue, wait, DePaul's and... in Ohio? That's crazy. <laughs> what? it? DePaul in DePaul's... Indiana? Oh, well, Purdue's in Indiana.
3: Bru- I don't know. I'm just gonna go with Paul Reed. <laughs>
1: I answer. need to look at
2: where DePaul is. I just did.
1: It is in Chicago, Illinois. It's in. His own
3: neither. It's in <laughs> Illinois. It's
1: in Illinois. Sadly, that answer has to go to Dan. Um, uh, so so now it's three three going to the seventh question. Dan, can That's I just great ask answers, why did you why did you think you wanted to take it back?
2: Well, I was thinking that maybe it'd be Mike Scott because um, Mike Scott played a Virginia so he's a Virginia fan and Virginia I think played a game against Purdue in the tournament not that long ago so Mike Scott definitely watched mm. that game but then I realized I did cuz I only was going to change it cuz I didn't want to repeat myself but I already mm. said Mike Scott so it didn't matter either way yeah. and then I was just realized it was taking too long so I just went with it great well I'm glad we went into it
1: um all right this is it this is the final
2: game
3: of uh, the cardum Dias was born in Ohio. That's where I got Ohio from, in case anyone has Mm
1: -hmm. one. This is the final game. I think Emily goes first. Which Sixer? I pushed this question to the last because I like it the least, and I was hoping we didn't have to use it, but this is great. Which Sixer is most likely to write a mystery novel? I know, not a great question. That's why it's seven.
3: I am going to go with, I'm going to go with, can I use Dakota Mathias? Can I use him? Certainly. I'm going to go with him because he's going to really lean in. He's a mystery to us. And therefore, (laughs) he's the most likely to write a mystery novel. All right. Oh, wow. This is good information, by the way. If we want some, sorry, this is really bad content. But if we need someone to take over the Zaire role, this man had mono at Purdue and oh. threw up before every practice. And by the time his health was better, he had two ankle injuries. This is our injury guy.
2: Oh, I love him already.
1: <laughs> we wow. Found
3: him. That's just
1: big for next week. That's huge. Wow. All right. This is the new, like, uh, bubble boy sort of guy. Great. Well, we found him. Congratulations to Dakota. Uh,
2: Dan, what is your answer? Yeah, I'm going to use one of the new cards we have. And uh, I think it's Dwight Howard. I think he's, uh, I would Mm -hmm. want to read his mystery novel more than I would want to read anyone else's mystery novel. Mm -hmm. I think that he's like kind of like a weird guy and like very unpredictable and like might just decide to try something for the hell of it, whether or not he's good at it. I think that like Tobias and Matisse read too much like nonfiction to ever write a mystery novel. Like they're like the guys you think of as like you're like like, book guys, you're book lovers. But I think Dwight Howard is like, probably has a lot of creative thoughts in his head and is going to turn it into like, a very good nonfiction mystery novel that may or may not make sense, but is a must read. I, uh,
1: I I have to say I think the Dwight Howard answer seals it. I think that
2: I do too. Uh, it's yeah. a good one.
1: Dan wins I would this give this it
3: round, to Dan also.
1: Dan wins <laughs> this round of the most likely game. Dwight Howard would definitely write a novel under like a weird other name. Um, mm. and What would but Dwight still Howard's
3: pen name be? What would right. his pen name be?
1: Chad Stapleton, something weird. I don't know. <laughs> Howard um, White. Right in uh, if you're listening at home and you have an idea on that. Um, uh, that's it. I think we got to everything. Uh, we did a spirited most likely game. It's great to Dan. Sixers are not signing Austin Rivers. He just signed with the Knicks. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Uh, I kind of didn't want like Doc's son and his sort of son both on the team. I thought that was... I don't Son-in-law?
2: Know. Yeah, that's what that means. <laughs> <laughs> And well, it's it's sort Emily, of, not everyone's engaged. We don't know all the terms, all right? Brag about <laughs>
1: As it. Those are common terms. It's okay. <laughs> sure, sure. Common to you and Tobias, maybe. All right. Good seeing you both. Happy Thanksgiving. I hope you guys happy have a good one. Yeah,
3: happy Thanksgiving. Bye, guys. We'll
1: talk to you guys next week.